everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Good Time Coal Hauling Modeling Podcast. My name is Dean Taylor, and today we're shooting a breeze with a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. <laughs> this is Michelle Kempema, and uh, most people know me because I'm the director of the Colorado Model Railroad Museum in Greeley, Colorado. Well, that's great. Um, you know, being a lady that's been thrust in the world of model railroading well what's your your take on it you know honestly i love it um i come from a world of crafting before i came to model railroading and um so i like to create things i'm all about the creativity side so whatever you're creating i think it's fun to use your skills for any kind of an art um, i tend to be more on this scenery and painting side of things and the more freeform stuff than the actual like super intense structures. I struggle with straight lines. <laughs> so that's kind of where I fit in with it. But if you need a great hillside, I can give you a, a crazy scene of nature because <laughs> it doesn't have any straight lines in it. <laughs> so. Yeah, the uh, when I get around somebody's layout, the first thing I do is make sure they don't have any power pole or power lines on their HO scale poles because I will wind up getting tangled up in them things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell it's, you embarrassing. it's embarrassing when you somebody else's layout. <laughs> yeah, here at the museum, we have those. Um, and we have our plexiglass on the museum layout is very, very low. It's eight inches. And so the public doesn't see them, and then they point to stuff, and they break them all the time. So we switched from using metal to using an elastic. It's like a a slightly tented elastic so that they're not broken all the time. <laughs> the, uh, you know, a lot of people, model railroaders, you know, that everybody, when you first introduce yourself, you know, yeah, I, I do model railroading. And the very first thing they'll say is, oh, you play with trains. There's a big old difference between playing with trains and doing railroading. You know, did, oh, did yeah. you, you know, you, you, you got hit in the face with a squirrel on this one, didn't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's been a journey for me learning modeling. And I'm actually blown away by the technical difficulty of some things uh, compared to others that are much easier to accomplish. And uh, it's interesting. I, I actually appreciate each individual modeler's art because it's just so unique and so individual. Um, I guess I'm super impressed with people that can just create reality in a smaller scale and make it look so incredibly real. And so I guess when I came to the museum, um, I, I had a, okay, so I'll be honest. I actually had a layout when I was 18. I had an end scale and had no clue. It was just on a board with me and, and uh, I'd never seen it or anything. I just ran a little train. I got this great Northern locomotive because the colors were pretty. And <laughs> oh God, if you knew how many times I've heard that. Right. So that's how I started out. So I come here to the museum and uh, start. First of all, I fell in love with this place from the visitor side and volunteer side of it. So I come from someone who walked in and went, oh, my God, this is an amazing miniature world. And I'm lost in the beauty of it. And so I guess I have learned to appreciate every single detail that goes into a layout because every single thing has a meaning to the builder and a story to tell. And I think that's the part that I fall in love with are the stories that 
people's individual layouts and and modules and and even just structures they all have a story that's coming from their heart and so that's what i love the most about it <laughs> y'all on my layout i have a uh, or on a couple of my modules i have a thing where it's like i collect pieces from the greats you know it's it's my art gallery you know i've got stuff on there from a lot of modelers is not even around anymore but they were greats in the time you know and that, that's my yeah. baseball card collection but that's it, it's cool. it's really neat to to see you know you kind of it's like reading a poem you know you put yourself in the mindset of the person that was building it or writing the poem you know and i kind of you know, I, I like to think about, I wonder what he was thinking when he built this. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I do. I, and and I'm, I'm just like, I want to hear the story because I love to hear stories. And so for me, it's always like, I, I'm, I'm looking for the story and what they've built. So. And, <laughs> and that's, you know, the way we approach module building, you know, the Good Time Kohan group, which I'm happy you're a part of. The, uh, you know, we, uh, I tell people, I said, look, don't try to cram a great big railroad into six foot, make you a photograph. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it makes it easier for people to relate to, you know, and you, you said that you're involved with getting the youth involved in this hobby. What's yeah. some of your ideas on how, you know, because the hobby is getting older but everybody says, well, the hobby's dying. And I don't I don't see it dying because you wouldn't have manufacturers building new locomotives every month. Right. So so this is what I did. <laughs> we needed to do some youth programming and we weren't sure what to do. And uh, the man who built this museum didn't build any classrooms or any space to work in. Um, so there was a new elementary school going in down the street from us. It's about two blocks away and it's called the School of Innovation. So we called them up and said, hey, uh, we're a model train museum and we need to learn how to build layouts with kids and didn't know if you'd like us to come and check it out. There's a train going by outside my room right now, just so you know, if you can hear that in the background. (laughs) That would be Union Pacific. (laughs) It's me, folks. I'm doing that with the soundboard. No, not real. (laughs) That would be the Union Pacific probably. uh, Well, I don't know what they run at this time of day. Usually the Z train's not here yet. So um, (laughs) anyway, okay, so this school agreed and they gave us an hour a day. So for 12 weeks, five days a week, we built layouts with kids. And uh, for the first six weeks, we worked with like kindergarten through third grade. And the second six weeks, we did fourth through eighth grade. And so we learned all sorts of levels and skills and what kids like to do and can accomplish. And, and we, we got those Woodland Scenics layout kits that are, I don't know, four feet long and two wide. Have you seen those? Like the, oh, yes, kind my- of the starter kits? Yeah, so um, we divided the kids into four groups and they each built a section. So there's like six kids per section. And honestly, they loved it. They loved it. And um, the girls loved it. The girls absolutely loved the layout building. Some of them, uh, I can't tell you how many times I'd come in and they'd say, Miss Michelle, look what I made last night. Um, This one girl went home and pulled out her glue gun and went outside and got a bunch of rocks and glued them together and made a waterfall onto a little mirror. And she said, I made you a jewelry holder. And so, uh, because she had done waterfalls with rocks the day before. And uh, it was just really cool 
to see that. And I think my takeaway from it is that kids love modeling. They're just not exposed to it. There's no opportunity for them right now. It's You can't go to Walmart and buy a train set. And a lot of times for, for some modelers, they don't come to it from the train. They come from the scenery side. And then they do fall in love with the train side. And so we're learning that with kids, you kind of have to give them the whole picture. Like, hey, you could just make a tree in your modeling and you're a modeler and you accomplish this. And then they feel amazing about themselves and they're like, I want to do more. <laughs> so so then we make rocks and then we'll lay some track. And, the, and I will tell you that, you know, I don't mean to be gender biased, but the boys do love to run the trains. <laughs> they totally oh, I do. I mean... <laughs> but there are girls that do too. And so I think it's, it's whether or not uh, whether or not a child is, you know, like mechanically oriented or more on the art side and then they want to paint, they want to paint the scenery and, and paint that, you know, I want to, I want to paint the river bottom before we, we pour in it. And, um, it was just neat to see the kids, each of them, like find the piece of them that was creative. And so they loved it. Um, <laughs> and then we put them all together and ran a great big train layout at the end of our 12 weeks. Then we started doing that with Boys and Girls Club and, and some after school programming. So uh, we've been doing those quite a bit with kids. So kids love it. Um, well, something we're doing here at the museum in the summertime is T-Tracks. And I know you're you're the, the Toma guy. <laughs> and so T-Tracks yeah. a, a tiny one. <laughs> but the kids love it and um, they get to take it home that day. We can pretty much finish it in one to two times and then they start another one. And so pretty soon they've got enough to run a train at home to put it together pretty quickly and or they bring them back their favorite ones and then we run them on Saturdays and so it's just it, the hobby is not dying but it will if we don't provide access to kids to the hobby I think is what I would say yeah I, I wouldn't say yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's always been my take on it you know I've, I've told this story before of me wanting to be, belong to a model railroad club when I was younger and they said, no, that's okay. We don't want kids. Well, the problem is when that club gets older and you didn't want any kids, now what happens is your club. And that's, I think that's what's happening with the hobby. Right. It, it got placed there for a while with the computer games. But if anything good has come out of all this hysteria, people are starting to stay home. They are. And they're starting to realize that this building something with your hands outweighs this instant gratification hands down yeah i agree and uh, it's been people have been taking time to work on their layouts too not just kids adults um yeah. facebook has been full of people working on their layout and i love seeing that because it's it's a place where you can find joy you know in your day and accomplish something you know and it's interesting um to me what people build and you know they'll say well i want to get back to running trains so i'm just going to throw the scenery on and then other people are like well i'm really focused on the scenery and i'm not sure how i'm going to actually run the trains through here i saw one today like how do i actually set up a system so i don't have to like do so much work before an operating session is there something automated for that you know and so you see all these levels um coming out because people are in their basements <laughs> working on stuff which is great or garages or wherever your layout is <laughs> oh, so. yeah. well, do you get any uh any people coming that used to be in the hobby and they want to get back in the hobby do you ever get any of that through your museum 
Oh, all the time. So uh, we have we have a volunteer base here. Um, the layout itself is is run by volunteers, and we have a. It's amazing the gamut of people that come here and walk through the door, and either they've they've run trains their whole life, they've never seen it before, or they used to do it. So we kind of get like this whole gamut of people. Um, and we've had guys who used to model and then they found us and they're about to retire. And we've had a few guys actually move to this region so they could volunteer here and uh, be a part of what we right. do here. <laughs> so, Yeah, that's, you know, one of the things at the, uh, at the train show level, you know, where I've been talking to people and they're like, and the thing is they, they get into, I want to get back in the hobby and they jump back into it like they did when they were 13 years old and they build their layouts exactly like they did when they were 13 years old and they get overwhelmed and, yeah. you know, but the neat thing where like you've got your club, they can, you know, get into it, but it's at a slower, smaller pace where they just don't you know, overwhelm yeah. yourself right out. Okay. Well, one thing I would say to that is, um, you know, we have a completed 5,500 square foot layout. We have 21 and a half scale miles <clears throat> on the shortest route around and 80 right. scale miles of track. Okay. <laughs> so we're an operational railroad. We have a dispatching, uh, we have a dispatcher who sets at a CTC machine in a room off to the side and we could put 1800 car trains out there. Um, we don't. We typically have 10. <laughs> uh, we have six major sightings and, and um, the guys are allowed to bring a personal train after 200 volunteer hours, but it has to be certified. You know, it has to have all. We, we're heavier than NMRA, NMRA standards and you have to have your cars certified. Your locomotives have to have the right decoders. We use NCE um, and a CMRI system. And so our, our guys come in and they operate here and but not only do you operate trains in this building, you have to have another talent. You have to be able to talk to people, the public, while you're doing that. <laughs> and so, How did you find that many volunteers? <laughs> we train them to do it. And, some, and every now and then I find a few and I'm just like, you know what? You just run your train. You're fine. You just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're scaring people. You're running train. <laughs> <laughs> but they're super fun. And... Um, and I think that's why they keep coming back. We have guys with 7,000 hours of volunteer time. Uh, we have 36 guys with more than 3,000 hours of volunteer time. But what brings them, the new guys that are either coming back from a childhood or they're brand new to the hobby, the thing that really helps them out is we do Monday maintenance. So every Monday we're closed to the public and we just maintain this layout and it takes a day to clean it and we clean a train at a time and then they'll pull out rolling stock and look at it. We have 4,000 cars, a little over 4,000 cars and we have almost a little over 400 locomotives right now. And so they have to maintain all that. And so they kind of create these rotational things and then we have to clean the scenery. We have to like, we have little micro vacuums and you know what it's like to clean dust <laughs> off of the layout. <laughs> So. See, that's what I urge people. You know, they're like, I want to fill this room up full of trains. I'm like, no, you don't, because you don't want to have to clean it. You know, because yeah. I've, I've got a dedicated shop back that has a pair of pantyhose that's, you know, rubber band to the end of it. So mm -hmm. I don't lose in the vacuum cleaner. 
Exactly. You, don't, you can't vacuum up the scenery. We actually found these attachments. Oh man, I think maybe Harbor Freight or somewhere that take the end of the shop back and just keep shrinking it down to this little tiny, like maybe half inch across brush. Oh, and, that'd be cool. and that's what we use on our rooftops and stuff. And so we can just use this little tiny brush and vacuum it up. Um, we use vacuum cars. We use the, the standard cleaning cars. We have a magnetic car to pick up the metal. Um, so we, we've tried every way in the world to keep this much track clean, which is really hard. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, but these new modelers come in and they look and they learn how to maintain a layout. And I think that teaches you a lot about how to build a layout <laughs> because they learn what they don't want to do, the mistakes that we made here and the things that work really well, um, for maintaining it. And, and then of course, you know, we're adding new stuff all the time. We add in like little electronic functions or, um, change a little scenery here and there and um, so they're learning as they go but they they really enjoy it it's it's interesting um, and some of the new guys that's how you learn the railroad the easiest is to just jump in and maintain it yeah a friend of mine Dustin Witten he he used the phrase and I, I've coined it I haven't got the copyrights to it but he says I learned by doing it wrong for so long and I'm like <laughs> I like that. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. But, you know, and I told him, I said, you know, uh, Aristotle said that mistakes maketh masters. And I will learn a whole lot more from watching somebody else mess up. Oh, yeah, me too. We have a <laughs> we have a computer program here that was custom written for us. And we can run nine trains, five in one direction and four the other. And the computer's in control. And it decides who goes on a siding and who passes. It's pretty phenomenal. It's really an amazing thing to watch. However, it likes to break or the train will break. You know, a couple, you lose a coupler and you've got 50 cars rolling down the hill <laughs> and the train behind it in a tunnel, probably. <laughs> and, and so I learned more about this layout by fixing broken trains and things that happened um, because it's not perfect, but it's it's fun because it, it isn't perfect. If it was perfect, it wouldn't be fun. Oh gosh, no. well, it's just like, you know, there for a, a long time, I, I was in the hobbies that had the ability to kill me, like hot rods and motorcycles and rodeo and all that stuff. And, you know, like hot rods, you know, the fun is building the thing. You know, once it's built, it's like, well, okay, you know, you take and go cruising every now and then, but, you know, the fun's gone. And I just right. sell the car and then get another one. And that, that's what I found about about railroading that or the model railroading that I've always loved is is the building and trying to figure out okay how am I going to do this yeah and and the, so I think here at the museum we're such an operational place but it's always a puzzle it's never the same thing twice I'll tell you yep. a funny story I, I sit on many boards because I'm the director here at the museum and I sit on the what's called a creative district board and they said well what kind of art do you do in your building and I said it's performance art <laughs> and they looked at me and they said a model train museum is performance art and I said the trains are never the same they're always different it's, it's like a dance and and so they have me listed as performance art I kind of like it <laughs> I think you're probably the only person in the history of mankind to ever use those two words together I like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a performance artist <laughs> well it is I mean it, the trains are different every day you know, you never know which one. The guys get to choose what trains go out. The dispatcher decides who gets priority. It's always different. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things at the Good Time Coal Hauling Group. 
you know, we're trying to reach out to, to younger members and, and returning members or returning modelers. And, you know, I had to put myself in the mindset of, well, how do I talk to people like that? And my Achilles heel is technology. I can't stand it. I hate computers, but I had to learn how to deal with them. And the other day I bought a DCC system six years ago, never took it out of the box because I was scared of it. Well, I started watching YouTube videos and everything, and I said, okay, this thing's way too complicated. And I called NCE and ordered one after the guy spent an hour on the phone with me, and I could not be more tickled. I mean, you know, I'm going to give give NCE a free plug because I tell you, you know, they, they are probably the best to deal with. Well, I will tell you this. They're a sponsor here, and they actually have started supplying us with uh, the throttles that we need. Because we need 18 of them every every Friday and Saturday. <laughs> so uh, we, we wear them out. We are, we're like a product tester for them. <laughs> so they're a great company. And I love that we can just call them up and they help us. And we ship them back broken throttles. They fix them and send them back to us. It's just a great company. So they, I, I appreciate you throwing them a plug because they're, they're supporters here. So <laughs> and, and I like it. <laughs> It makes sense the, to me. I, I understand it. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I, me and me and technology don't get along really well. And uh, my fiance, she made the comment one time. She was sitting there watching me type on my laptop, and she said, "I looked at her. I said, what's wrong?" She said, "You look so sad." I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "You look like a baby deer that's got hit by a car and it's struggling to get across the road." And I'm like, "Just shut up." And she said, I've, I've seen pictures of people using two fingers to type with. Now I've seen it. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm kind of a mix. I, I like technology when it makes things easier, but I also, I still handwrite my checks because I can. <laughs> yeah, the, the old saying is, is that uh, Dean's a, a 90s guy. And they're like, really? He said, yeah, 1890s. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> That's great, though, because you will keep that perspective of uh, building from scratch. Like, you will always have that perspective of, well, I'm not, I don't want to 3D print that. I want to build it. Yeah. And so I think that's great. It's just like, you know, where I'm, I'm teaching, I've, I've got this one girl or lady that's in the club that's 26 years old, looks like a fashion model. She hand lays track like she's done it for 50 years and she's not but 26. That's you amazing. Know. I can't, I and couldn't do that. I'm super impressed with people with that skill. Don't <laughs> say you can't do it. Have you ever tried? <laughs> no, and I probably could do it, but I would just have to focus and I'm sure okay. I could. And, and I'll tell people this time and time again, I'll say, if you'll start learning how to hand lay track, and you start, you know, you get to where you're comfortable with it. It's the most zen-like experience because your mind kicks back to idle because your body is already just, you know, it's an automatic mode. And your mind can just sit back in a in an easy chair and go, ha, oh, I love this. And it really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, once you I'll get into try it. Rhythm, I will be trying it. I have a layout to build this year. And so um, the volunteers, the guys are going to help me learn. I'm still learning all of it. You know, I mean, I, I run this huge museum of modeling and I'm learning. But I think that's I think it's good that I'm learning and they can teach me. And, you know, if I can learn it, it's anybody can do it. 
Colorado, you're you've got a whole bunch of three foot gauge, you know, aspects in your future, don't you? Because I know if I lived out there, that's what I'd I'd be doing. <laughs> uh, marriage. I I am I'm very much involved. I'm much more of a rail fan than I am a modeler. Um, I'm much more involved in the one to one scale uh, in my yeah. personal life. Um, I because I do Operation Lifesaver. Um, I got I was on the Cheyenne Frontier Days train every year, twice a year. You know, sitting behind UP Steam. So I definitely am a fan of that, and I love the Rio Grande and the history of all the railroads um my tourism hat because this is a tourist attraction i know all the railroads so i visited them i've ridden the Crimson and toltec the durango and silverton georgetown Loop. all of the colorado railroads are all my friends now and so yeah. i'm on them often so i'm just a lucky girl i have to say that I, my life is blessed and uh, yeah i love trains i love the real thing and I love the models too. So I'm just learning the model side and I'm learning the real side too. I, I've been learning how the big boy works and studying the whole process of the, all the parts of the steam locomotive. Have so. you had a chance to get out, out east here and, and see like the, uh, the 611 run and uh, some of the, like up at Cass, up at the Cass Scenic Railroad, some of the gear no. locomotives? I need to go see a lot of those. The only one I've ridden is the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad out of Bryson City. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that one, but that's where my family is. So um, I've ridden that one a couple of times. Well, I'll tell you, it, uh, you know, the, uh, with the East Broad Top coming back into operation stuff, that's going to be, that's going to be one for you definitely to see because that, that thing was, a, was magnificent back in the day. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, I went to Strasburg and rode the Strasburg Railroad. Um, so the great, the number 90 they have at Strasburg was the Great Western number 90, and it ran on the track on the east side of, or on the west side of my building. So the, the 90 used to be on the property that I'm on all the time here. Um, and so it's very special to me. And, you know, now it's in Strasburg. And so I went out there and I, I did like an interview with the staff and, and met everybody and they gave me a whole tour and they actually gave me a pass to let me wander around the shop and ask the guys questions, which was super interesting. Uh, but I, 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 when I rode the train that day, they had the 89 running and I was really sad. I'm wearing the 475s not running because my Well, Well, they called me. Uh, that night and said, hey, Michelle, if you want to come out, we're going to light the 90 up at sunrise. So I was out there before the sun got up. <laughs> and I had the best morning ever helping them hustle the number 90. Uh, we watched it and I got to watch sunrise and while onto the locomotive. It was beautiful and probably one of my favorite days ever. So yeah. I'm that nerdy, train nerdy. I love it. <laughs> so. I have a <laughs> yeah, there, there's just something neat about Strasburg. You know, you get up there at sunrise, it's just, it's a beautiful place. It's beautiful. Just beautiful. I loved it. So I told Ed Dickens the other day, I said, Ed, you're going to have to do something for me someday. I want to come out at sunrise and watch you light up the big boy. <laughs> I'm like, you got to let me do this. And he just like, okay, Michelle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see. That's probably never going to happen. <laughs> that, that's one of those things I, I, I hope to get to see the uh, the big boy, you know, in service. Because all mm -hmm. my friends, you know, back when NW, when uh, Norfolk Southern had their first steam program, everybody's like, did you ride the A and did you ride the J? And I said, no, 
I said, I was busy in the military. While y'all was out having fun, I missed the <laughs> whole scene program. Yeah. So, well, and I missed out on many years. You know, um, the the UP steam comes to Greeley. We're like where they test run all the time. And mm-hmm. they put in a new Y here in town so the big boy can actually even turn here in Greeley. So, um, I was expecting that test run last year because, you know, the big boy was, you know, it had to be out in promontory in May. So, we knew it was going to test run in April. And so we're waiting and waiting and I'd message Ed and he'd be like, I can't tell you, <laughs> I can't tell you what we're doing. <laughs> and uh, I kept waiting. Well, it turned out to be May the 3rd or May the 2nd was going to be the test run. You know, we're down to the wire. And I don't know if you watched that day, but they set out pretty late in the afternoon and then they had to stop and check everything and stop and check everything. And I finally got a message from the conductor, who's also a volunteer here at the museum. And Jim says, you better come to none. We're turning at none. And so it's 1130 at night. And so we drive out to the country and it's pitch black out there in Nunn, Colorado. And there's about a hundred of us maybe, because there were a bunch of people here at the museum. And I'm like, we're loaded up, we're going to none. And uh, it was the most surreal experience standing in a field in the darkness and the big boy pulls up for the first time and in the dark and it was just the coolest experience ever <laughs> like that was that one in the sunrise on the 90 or they're comparable they're yeah that was an amazing experience and then it didn't leave till one in the morning so i actually spent two days with the big boy before <laughs> and then the next day i was a, a volunteer for the up and so the morning of the inauguration run when they started out to promontory, I got to have breakfast on the train. And then I helped with uh, getting the dignitaries to where they needed to be. My job was um, watch your step, watch your step, watch your step. It was awesome. <laughs> I love being a volunteer. Um, and so it was amazing to see it in the dark. So if you ever get to see the big boy, stick around in the night, watch it there too. Well, I, de- I definitely am going to try my best on that. The, uh, you know, it's one of the things you know, the, the friendships that you make, you know, through model railroading and rail fan and everything like that. A lot of these people are, they're starting to come out of their basement and interact with the other people in the world. And, you know, you hear people talk about rivet counters and all this stuff, you know, and, uh, a lot, yeah, there's a few of them out there, but there's not many. I mean, there's a whole lot more nice people in this hobby than there are the you know what i call the the people that just need some sort of verification that they exist you know what i would absolutely agree with that i've met so many modelers now and and since i've been working here and just traveling around and going to shows and i could probably count on less less than 10 fingers the number of people that were not kind seriously uh, modelers are, are wonderful people. They really are. And so are railroaders, you know. Um, I think just people that love trains have something really good in their soul. I don't know. <laughs> it's a kindred spirit, uh, you know. There's just... Yeah. Because, you know, like, in modeling, in my basement, it, it'll never get below... or It'll, it'll never get any, any newer than December 1967. You know, because I modeled the Western Maryland in in the '60s, and everybody's like, "Well, why do you do that? You you weren't even a year old." I said, "I know, but that's the time I, time in life I think that I would have liked the best." Yeah. And I just I love I love the recreation of it. Do you are you gonna or or do you already possess a 
H.O. scale big boy? Um, I have one on order <laughs> uh, with Atherne, the new one that's coming out, the excursion version, because that's the one I met in the dark, you know? <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah. If you met in the dark, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, true, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm excited. We have we have some here at the museum. We have a big boy. We have one in a park on display, just like the one in Cheyenne. Like, we have one in our fictitious little town here. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but to have one running, we're, we're going to use, we're going to get the new Atherton one. So I'm, I'm excited. And we're going to build the inauguration day train. We're actually, it's very cool. Uh, I, I come up with these ideas and the modelers here are so amazing. They custom build trains and the cars that we need. We built the 2018 Cheyenne Frontier Days train. Well, not all those cars were made, you know, and so they had to scratch build quite a few of them. And so we, you know, we've got the 844 and the, the 1943 is on there, which I love that one too, is the diesel. And yeah. then all the cars, and I know the concepts cause it was on the train, you know? Um, and so we built that one and that's one of our most popular trains. And then we're building the inauguration day train. Well, they threw the Idaho car on there. I don't know if you're very familiar with UP Steam no, uh, with, their, with the heritage fleet. So they have a huge fleet of cars. I don't know if you know, in Council Bluffs, they have this massive warehouse with the UP Heritage Fleet in it. It's amazing. Uh, but they threw the Idaho car, which is like a research car, on the back. And so it shows up that day with the Idaho, and everybody's like, why the Idaho? Well, it's a theater vision car, you know? So it's got like the theater seats. You look out the back window. Um, well, nobody's made that car in modeling history ever. <laughs> So, so I come back and I'm like, hey guys, we need to build this train and who's going to build the Idaho? <laughs> so uh, one volunteer, he's like, I'll build it. So he's scratch building the Idaho and it's, he's got every detail on it. It's beautiful. And, and then this last January, just a few months ago, I was in Omaha for, for a tourism convention and I called UP and said, hey, could I tour the Heritage Fleet? And so um, Amy Calling, who's the, she's like the lead lead foreman there she gave me a tour and she redesigned the idaho car and that's why it was on there they had fully remodeled the interior of that car to black and gold carpeting leather like faux leather ceilings and black and gold granite like every oh, window sill in there is granite and the countertops are granite and it is gorgeous it is such a beautiful car and so I understand why they put the Idaho on the train now, <laughs> but uh, it's been an experience trying to custom build the things that you want to build because they have meaning to you, you know? <laughs> so um, I'm fortunate that we have some amazing modelers here and I'm learning, like I'm learning from Bob. He, every week he would come in well before this shutdown and, and show me what he's done and how he did it and how he took three dowels just to make the, just, he had to turn them just to make the little vent on top of the Idaho because it had to have three widths. <laughs> so, uh, pretty amazing. With with this shutdown, you're not allowed to have any uh, any people there at the museum or anything. Are you doing, are you doing like uh, Zoom time or anything? Trying to keep I am. the kids? 
Well, I'm considered essential because before this, right as the shutdown was starting, we built an online virtual classroom program. So okay. Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm teaching science lessons live on YouTube to kids in our community. And they have kits at home that they're working on. It's like we built coffee cup race cars and popsicle stick harmonicas. And <laughs> we've done static electricity tests and thermal energy and all kinds of stuff I never thought I would be teaching, but it's been fun because we're doing what we can with what we have. So I'm considered essential to come in. So I'm allowed to be in the museum. So I'm actually here right now while we're talking. Um, but I've been doing Zoom meetings on Tuesday and Thursday nights with Caboose in Denver. It's our brick and mortar. It's yeah. our store. And um, so Kevin Rubel and I host these Tuesday and Thursday night Zoom meetings. Anybody can call in. And we have we just do a layout tour of someone's home. Or we have we had a, um, Lance Friedheim. Yeah. His last name. Yeah. He talked to us about his book about art and that was amazing. And so he would walk around his layout and told it and would show us how he used some concepts from his book on his own layout. And so the Tuesday, Thursday night ones are pretty much educational. And then you have question and answer time at the end. And so then I said to Kevin, well, Kevin, you know, I'm a little more social. I like to talk a lot to, <laughs> I want to know what I the guys are actually doing. That <laughs> and I said, can I have like Saturday night social time? And so we decided to have a happy hour on Saturdays. <laughs> and so it's a, nobody's muted. You can talk. And I ask everybody questions. What are you working on? Show me what you're doing. Cause I'm interested. So well, I am so technically inept. Can, can you tell us how, how you get to the, to the zoom meeting? Yeah. It's yeah. If you, it's easiest if you have a Facebook account. Okay. Um, which you do. <laughs> so I, yes, just I, look, look up Caboose and, um, or you can look up OS virtual check-in as an event. We set up an event for every, the Tuesday, Thursday ones are one event okay. and, and it just reoccurs. And so you can either look under Caboose or OS virtual check-in. And you know what OS is from the real railroading world, the check-in, mm -hmm. OS check-in on sheet. And so we called it that because we wanted to check in with modelers and make sure they're okay. Because a lot of people are alone right now. <laughs> and so we wanted to connect with them. Um, on behalf of the modeling committee, we like that. <laughs> people aren't touching our stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, there's all those funny memes about how modelers will survive the quarantine easier than anyone else because it's really not new. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're just tickled to death. <laughs> Time to work on the layout. Uh, I was talking with a friend who has an online um, an online hobby shop and, and she was saying, our business is really good right now. <laughs> I said, well, good. That's good. That means people are modeling, you know, <laughs> so... Yep. So on Saturday nights, you can call in. It's at a different time. It's at 5 um, Mountain, which is 7 Eastern. The other one is at 630 Mountain, which is 830 Eastern okay. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so the Saturday one has a different event on Facebook than the other one. And there's just a line on there. You click on it. And even if you don't have Zoom installed, it will bring up the installer and it takes like two minutes. And then you have you have your Zoom call. And if, you can even do it on your cell phone if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to do it from your computer. It's harder on your cell phone because you can't see like the Hollywood squares of people. Yeah. On your computer, you can actually make it look like Hollywood squares. So you see all 30, 40 <laughs> people on there. It's kind of I, fun. <laughs> that sounds like that's going to be a blast. I mean, it gives you something to do. Yeah. 
it's something to do. <laughs> that, I mean, that sounds like it's going to be a hoot and a half. Yeah, it's meant to be fun. And that's what I told Kevin. I said, as long as we're having fun, everybody will have fun. So the man who built this this museum, Colorado Model Railroad Museum, his name was Dave Trussell. Okay. And he lives in Pennsylvania. He actually retired out to Pennsylvania and made this a nonprofit. So he lives in Strasburg. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why I was out there. Yeah. So he, he lives in Lancaster, but, uh, he, you know, it's right there. Yeah. And so um, when he hired me, when he said, you know, I think we could, I think this, he built this to play on it, by the way, this museum. It wasn't built to be a museum. He built it. He thought clubs would come and play. Uh, he said, Michelle, so here's the deal. He said, I'll put up three years of pay for you if you think we can make this a tourist attraction and self-sustaining. And I said, uh, okay, Dave, I think that sounds good. And he said, well, I have one rule one absolute rule and i'm thinking okay he says here it is if it's not fun change it <laughs> so i sat there for a minute and i went i can live with that <laughs> that's good so, that's, so that's that's our rule <laughs> if it's not that, fun you change it <laughs> yeah that that's the the bestest rule of all the guy with the doctor <laughs> says you know but i mean and yeah. a lot of people run into that with their with their modeling. Yeah, you know, exactly. Get so overwhelmed, and they and you know everybody is their own worst critic, and they rush and they do stuff like that, and it, the layout gets to be the second job that you hate. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that. Then you need to change it, and you need to look at it differently so that you love it again. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I, I run into that all the time, you know. Well, my layout's just got so bad. I just need to, I just hate going down there. Well, then tear it out and start over. That's, that's the only, you know, the only cure to that problem. I'll tell you something that's helped me, like, do things that are the things that I don't love to do, but do them and it's fun, is listening to a podcast, honestly. Like, huh. if you don't like that part of what you're working on, put a podcast on while you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate the plug. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the you know, it's just okay in the modeling world. What what are some of the jobs that you just don't really care for, but they have to get done? Mm, that'd just be the cleaning part. The vacuuming. Clean, I don't I like, like to vacuum my house, let alone a layout. <laughs> so, um, for me, it's. Uh, I love the technical side of things. Um, I, I love dispatching. Like I like the puzzle and all of that. So what's hard for me is the, 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 I don't know, probably like the cleaning the train and just like one car after another, you know, roll the wheels, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah. so then if I'm listening to something, then it goes really fast and I've done the job. And so I've always been an audiobook lover and now I love podcasts. So it, it, it's helpful. Yeah, the, uh, you know, a lot of times to get myself in the mindset of what I'm doing, if I'm doing like, you know, Appalachian scenery, you know, I'll I'll go to iHeartRadio and put on bluegrass. Oh, I would think, totally do that. It yeah. Seems like it helps. And like back when I was building race cars, you know, I'd put on that good 60s, you know, hot rod music. And yeah. It seemed to do better. And that, that's some of the things I tell these these new modelers, you know, is like, look, you got to find a happy place in your mind so you can work without stressing yourself out. Yeah, 
And sound is the one thing that you can do while still using your hands for something else. So listening is a good thing. <laughs> Music, whatever. <laughs> well, is there anything that you would like to say inspirational to the even like the females out there that want to get into modeling and or so forth and so on? Oh boy, inspirational. I don't know that I'm inspirational, but um, I would say to anybody, find the thing that you love to do. There's there's something that'll bring out that creative joy in you, you know, and just, um, I don't know. <laughs> if it's not fun, change it. Definitely keep that one in mind. <laughs> um, I also have, I guess I have a personal saying um, because sometimes I am my own worst critic about stuff and I'll try something and I'll fail and I'll try it again and my dad and I had this like saying, and especially when we were in the South working on construction projects on their home they had in North Carolina, we'd say, well, you know what? It's better than it was. <laughs> and that's good enough for right now in this moment. <laughs> it's better than it was. And really? so, um, <laughs> you know, steps. <laughs> so. I like that one too. That needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> better than it was. That was my guarantee from my construction company. <laughs> well, at least it's better than it was. <laughs> so... <laughs> but yeah, but there is something really positive about that, you know, that it is better than it was because I tried it and I tried it again and I did it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the whole trick. You, you gotta, you gotta try one more time than you, than you failed. I mean, that's the whole trick to everything. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little bit. So, yeah. Well, sorry, I talked so long on your podcast. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of the whole idea of this whole charade, <laughs> you know, is the, is the talking while other people listen well uh, thank you for having me on too i, I appreciate it i really appreciate it. and I, I hope hope to have you back again sometime uh sure and like i said uh, I, if y'all want to leave a message please hit the message button uh you know if you want to check us out on facebook it's the good time coal hauling modeling group and we're also on youtube with the Good Time Coal Hauling Modeling YouTube channel. Uh, Michelle, like I said, it, it's a pleasure to talk to you and look forward to it again. Oh, thank you. You too. Okay. <laughs> you have a good good afternoon, and uh, this will be it for this episode. Y'all stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you after a while. Bye now. <laughs>